Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Kurt Hines is a successful coach, but he isn't worried about trophies and rings. So what motivates this longtime high school football coach? Tune in to find out. Team Snap is the presenting sponsor of the Winning Is Not Everything podcast. As an all-in-one youth sports management app, Team Snap helps take the stress out of coaching, letting you spend more time with your team and less time organizing. As a coach, I love to track the real-time RSVPs, which lets me prepare for each training session, and I love to post scouting reports and discussion topics. As a parent, I appreciate being able to sync my kids' schedules directly into my calendar and use the team chat feature for timely updates on where to meet and park. Download the TeamSnap app in your mobile app store or visit teamsnap.com slash winning for more information. It was a sobering scene. Coach Kurt Hines was invited to speak at the funeral of one of his former players, a young man who took his own life. But afterwards, as he processed it, Coach Hines reflected on the connection he'd made with that young man and that his emphasis on developing relationships was what was most important to him as a coach. Perhaps that's why Coach Hines and I hit it off so much. Because here's the reality. There are lots of ways to coach, different values to emphasize, tactics to employ, approaches to conduct practice, different ways to engage with players and coaches, different styles to abide by on the sideline, different levels of commitment to the role. There are, of course, the selfish coaches, the ones who play favorites, the ones whose relationship with players and assistants end when their time on the team is done. Let the nightmare examples in your mind run free for a moment. But Coach Hines, it's clear that he cares deeply, that he invests liberally, and that he endures faithfully, such as the pain at speaking at the funeral of one of his former players. We've learned a lot about Coach Kurt Hines over the previous three episodes, and I think it comes as no surprise why he's such a popular figure, not only in his community, but on social media. But in the fourth and final part of our talk with Coach Hines, we're gonna dive into why connection is such a priority for him, what he would tell parents, and why he tells his players that he loves them. All that and more, starting right now. I think in this social media age, especially for our children, you know, there's just so much of an obsession around the number of followers and the number of likes on our posts and things. And, you know, Facebook has a maximum number of quote unquote friends that you can have, right? And what I try to tell some of the young people that I have a chance to talk to is it's not about the breadth of your relationships. It's about the depth of your relationships, right? I mean, can you have really meaningful relationships with with, you know, obviously both of us have clearly outkicked our coverage and have wives <laughs> who are far better, which means we won, by the way. Yeah, we, we won that. That's right. You know, my wife is infinitely a better person than I am, but it's not about being married for a certain number of years. I mean, how well do you know that person? You know what I mean? How many people out there say that they know God, but how well do you know God? You know what I mean? Yes, I've heard of the Bible. Yes, I've read the Bible, but how well do you know the Bible? 
I, I love that. One of my favorite quotes, not my own, I read it, I don't remember who it came from, but it, it was, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was something to the effect of, you know, too many people know the Bible, but they don't know the author. You know, I think that's what turns so many Christians away from Christianity is people who Bible thump and usually with the best of intentions, but they're not living it. You know, I love scripture. I'm not a scriptorian. I, I cannot quote scripture off the top of my head like many people can, but dang, I try to live it. I try to every day. That's the biggest thing I say to our staff is our number one job is to serve those we are blessed to coach. And man, that's what lights me up. Someone that asked me a few weeks ago said, and they were very complimentary, but they said, Coach, you're always pouring into other people, you know, filling their, whatever analogy you want to use, filling their cup or lighting their fire. Who pours into you? You know, how, how do you keep going? This, it's connecting with people like you. It is having a young woman or a young man call me after they're done playing for us, when their playing days are over, to celebrate the success or say, Coach, I'm really struggling with X, Y, or Z. And to know, I, I just had a young woman that played for us. We had three young women this past year, but a young woman I coached several years ago that said, texted me and said, Coach, you can give me a call. I'm struggling with something I don't know who else to talk to. And I know she comes from loving parents. They're great people. But for whatever reason, I was blessed enough to build a relationship with her where she, several years later, still wants to come. And that's what it's all about. That's what lights me up. I love that. That's powerful. Love it. Last two questions I always ask my guests. What's one message you have for youth sports parents today? Be your child's biggest fan. Don't try to coach from the stands. Don't coach from the car. And I did have this struggle with my son when I would go to his games. I was so blessed in New Hampshire. We had lights at Bedford High School. So most all of our home games were on Friday nights or almost all of them. Goffstown didn't. So they played on Saturday. So I only missed in four years. I only missed two of his games, which was such a blessing. But I would pick him up after a game or he'd come home after a game. And he's like, how did I do? And I would always preface by saying, do you want me to answer as a father or as a coach? And I always knew by his answer how he really did. He'd say, well, as a coach. So I'd be like, hey, great. You, you got to do this, this, and this. You, you got to change these things. Now he wrestled also. And when he wrestled, I said nothing because my only suggestion for wrestling was go off the top rope, grab the chair. You know, I, I was not a wrestling coach or wrestler. I, I think the best advice would just let your children play. You had your turn. Let them play and let their coaches coach. Well, I know we have a mutual admiration for Tony Dungy. So I'm going to tell you a Tony Dungy story, which I'm sure you'll appreciate. You know, we were talking around the time my first book, The Middle School Rules of Brian Urlacher was published and Tony was going to tweet out about the book. And so he had an advanced copy of the book and, you know, he adopts children. And so he had an eight-year-old son at that time. He was playing peewee football or whatever in Florida. And after a game, Tony tells his son, hey, you got to do this with your feet, right? And he was playing defensive back and he was giving him a little technique lesson on how to sort of work his feet to better, you know, defend the receiver. And the son says, yeah, yeah, dad, I got it. I got it. And about three months later, the son comes home and says, dad, dad, guess what? I learned this thing, you know, that's just, <laughs> I'm playing with so much confidence now. And Tony's super excited. Well, what did you learn? And he shows him, I do this with my feet. And, and Tony says, son, I taught you that three months ago. And his son says to him, yeah, dad, but you're not my coach. I love it. Right? I love it. And the beauty is, I'm guessing that that peewee football coach probably wasn't a Hall of Fame coach. Exactly. Probably didn't play at the University of Minnesota. Probably didn't, you know, play in the NFL and coach for decades. You know, it just shows you that distinction in the eyes of a child, you know, that no, you are my dad. Right. And even though you know all this stuff about football, this guy over here that I just met three months ago, that's my coach. Yes. <laughs> Thank you.
I love that story for two reasons. I'll make this quick. I don't want to take too much of your time. But I, children need coaches and they need parents. And it needs to be, unless you are both and you have, wear both hats, they need that separation. My son, I jokingly say, since he was breastfeeding, I told him, you could eat more. You could eat more. You could eat more. And he never would, never would. She started playing football in high school, came home, and his coach, Justin Huffed, great young man. Well, he's about our age now, but great man. I coached with him for several years prior to that. Brockton, my son, came home after like the first week of playing high school football. I was like, ah, Coach Huff says I have to eat more. I'm like, I've been, <laughs> I've, been, I've been saying that since you were in diapers, you know. But it, it is, you know, I think most parents are complete idiots, myself included, in their children's eyes. You know, we, we go from being heroes that can move the world when they're one, two, three, and four. Somewhere around the late nine, 10, 11, teen years, we're complete idiots. And then as life progresses, we realize, well, our parents are a lot smarter than we gave them credit for. Um, but yeah, even the legend, I'll use the word Tony Dungy, who I have nothing. I, I've never met him personally. He's in, he's everything you think he is. He really is. He's he's an incredible man. Really is. Jealousy is not a good thing. About, I'm a little bit jealous. Yeah. It's a, yeah, I'm a living legend. I mean, it's funny to hear that story as well. Last question for you. What's one message you try to instill in kids who look up to you? I guess the message is I love them. You know, I, I tell our players all the time, and I don't think it's enough to say I love you. I think that's important to say those words. You know, I've heard people say, oh, they know I love them. No, tell them also. Tell your family, tell your players, tell your coworkers you love them all the time, and then show it. I, th I think the message that I, I want to instill in them is that I love them, that they have value outside of what they do or what grades they get or what sport they play. Just their value as a human being. They're here for a reason. Well, Coach Kurt Hines, it has been an absolute pleasure to have this time with you. And I know and I look forward to us staying in touch. Absolutely. Thank you. Before I close, I want to share something special by presenting sponsor TeamSnap and my video series Model Student Athlete are thrilled to present our Coach of the Month. We want to shine the spotlight on coaches in youth sports who are making a positive impact on young student athletes and our second honoree is Sage Bernstein, a coach at Parkway Hoops and a current Division I soccer player at St. Francis in Brooklyn. She recently coached her under 12 boys team to win the Parkway League, inspiring her players with their energy and knowledge and also serving as a positive example for girls in the program who look up to her. Congratulations, Coach Sage. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any questions or comments, please visit my website, seankjensen.com, and go to the contact page. You can even leave me a voice recording. And of course, I want to thank my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap, the go-to must-have app in youth sports. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you again next time.